Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the legendary Sergio Tacchini, the brand worn by John McEnroe, Vitas Gerolitis, Novak Djokovic, and Gabriella Sabatini. Check them out at SergioTacchini.com and use the code SHAP30 in all caps to receive 30% off of your order. That is a huge discount. Today's guest was born and raised just outside of Pittsburgh where he played college tennis at Slippery Rock University. He is a board certified podiatrist with a penchant for playtesting and dissecting all the latest tennis shoes. We did it in 2020. Now, back by popular demand is Dr. Zach Thomas, and this is the 2021 Tennis Shoe Special. Doc, what's happening? How are you? Oh, pretty good. How about you? My man, it's not Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Is it Latrobe? That's not where you are. No, I'm in Pittsburgh. You're Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Slippery Rock is in Pittsburgh? Yeah, you got the Slippery Rock uh, overshirt on. That's where you went to school. Yeah, I went to school there. That's an hour north of Pittsburgh. That's right between Pittsburgh and Erie. So you essentially went to, you're from there and you went, you're, that's your spot. You're Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, if you ask any Pittsburgher, typically most of us don't go very far. So I'm just kind of <laughs> staying with the trend, I guess. And that's it. So you're, you, you support the Steelers and you support the Penguins. Yeah, the Penguins, the Pirates. I mean, I, I was the Pittsburgh Pirates' biggest fan until the ownership decided to you know just throw them to the wolves so yeah gentlemen you here is i gotta think you're the only doctor that's ever been on my show <laughs> um unless unless there's other other guests that have doctorates but they're not doctors you he's a podiatrist he has a vigorous social media presence he's the tennis playing and and teaching and loving uh foot doctor and that's zach thomas my man it's great to see you it is great to be back thanks for having me back well you know the people loved it we did it in 2020 and it was a smash hit every we we, we did a we did a shoe episode and right from then there i said we'll do it once a year so here we are i wanted to do it you know in advance of indian wells and our like almost during the tournament and i i couldn't get it all together so we're just gonna go um, as you know we normally do a five set format but i'm throwing that out the window and i actually went out to my listeners and my people and i asked them to send me questions that they wanted to know and i've got my own set of questions i want to know and i'm just gonna go and just smash you with everything i got i can't wait first and foremost you know we were just talking in advance of this you said that your popularity and your your numbers they've they've grown exponentially do you have any feel for how that's happened um i think i'm the only person that that serves the uh tennis shoe niche um it's a little smaller than some other sneaker niches uh but the people that are in it are just as passionate uh versus like basketball or running and i think uh it was just a need that was met um, and it takes a while, as you know, it takes a while to build a presence and to, to build up quality. Some of my earlier videos were really bad, really bad. And the people that stuck with me through those, God bless them. Uh, but I've kind of gotten a little bit more comfortable on camera and a little more comfortable um, watching, letting people watch me play. And uh, so I think that, you know, it's just, it's kind of just been an evolution from there. Now, you said that you just told me that you have a video 
that's gone into the into the millions views. Is that true? That's on yeah it, yeah went into the millions on TikTok. Yeah. Come on, explain it. Which what, on TikTok? Yeah. So I um so I mean people I I mean I'm I'm assuming a lot of people don't know, but a lot of the top professional players do not play with the stock models of shoes that they endorse that you can buy. Dominic team plays or he's playing with the barricade now, but when I made the video, he was playing with a hybrid of the Adidas soul court boost and the Adidas court jam bound. Same with uh, Gerbinia Muguruza. They both play with the same shoe. So you can might, you can make that shoe. You just got to get the uppers of the boost and the outsole and midsole of the court jam bounce. You got to detach them and then glue them back together with, you know, kind of hybrid them. So I, I made those and I threw it up on TikTok and a, like a day later it had like 2 million views on it. People want me to make all these different shoes and it kind of got the conversation started about what are the pros really playing with versus you and me. So hang on a second. So, you know, I remember back when I was running around on the tour that Sampras played with a shoe that, he and I think Andre both they insisted on just a classic herringbone sole. Yes, and that sole doesn't come with the shoe. Didn't come with the shoe that was for sale. But you're telling me that in this day and age, right now, there are players playing with a specialized shoe. Yeah, I mean Dominic Team plays with that one. Uh, Gerbinia Muguruza right. plays with that one. Um, Rafa Nadal plays in a hybrid of three different shoes that um I'm, I'm actually about that he plays with the vapor cage three which is the old cage shoe the uppers of that that little webbed cage shoe he plays with a different tongue than everybody else he actually gets a tongue specially made that's extra long because it makes the shoe really stable and then he has the treads from another the court old court ballistic shoes i, I forget which one and he has those treads put on the vapor cage. So it's, I mean, it's just a complete Franken shoe that he's playing with. And what do you um, know? And what do you know about his foot problems that just came to light in the last six months? And one of the questions I have from one of my one of my people goes by Tennis in the Park. It says, in light of Rafa's foot issues, what do we know about his special shoe tech? How does the court surface likely play into his foot health and movement? So Rafa Nadal suffers with a, it's develop. They, they call it a developmental disorder. It's called Mueller-Weiss syndrome. He's had it since he was three years old. So it wasn't, people were saying, oh, it's his shoes. It's this, it's that. It, it has nothing to do with that. He was born with a bone in, in the mid part of his foot that just didn't fuse properly when he was growing. He has been playing with that his whole career, which makes him even more than he already was. Um, his shoes, they don't really do much for or against it. I mean, if he was playing with garbage under his foot, then yeah, it would hurt more. But the, the more important thing with Rafa and Federer and Djokovic and all the other guys with uh, their custom shoes is that the shoe is made to their foot. So they go into Nike or Adidas they scan their foot, they make their exact shape, and that's what they make their shoes from. So people always say, like, like there's this huge thing saying, oh, Rafa wears his shoes a half size small. No, he doesn't. He wears them the exact size they should be. It's just they look small, and they are a little smaller than the stock shoe because they're made exactly to his foot shape. So they're a little smaller than, than the stock ones. 
Um, so it helps when you have a shoe that's the exact mold of your foot. I mean, it's going to be much more comfortable. Um, and in his case, he's probably in custom orthotics just to try to take some pressure off that midfoot bone. But in his case, a lot of times the only thing that's going to help or hurt him is resting it when it flares up and just kind of, you know, letting his body try to heal it. He's, he's gotten himself this far. I think he can get himself the rest of the way throughout his career. Um, he'll probably need surgery later in life for that, but I, I think he can probably get himself through to the end of his career. Well, I mean, they showed video of him yesterday smashing, you know, playing a hard practice. So he looks like just the same beast he was a year ago or two, you know, whatever it was. Um, most common injuries you're seeing in your office from uh, from athlete injuries? Uh, number one is definitely heel pain, plantar fasciitis. That's by far and away the most common because tennis is a jumping sport. So any jumping sport, you're going to get shock on the heel. That's number one. Um, I've been seeing an unbelievable amount of stress fractures recently because we've been inside for 18, God, you know, some people are still inside uh, and we're not getting any sunlight. So everybody's breaking, everyone's getting stress fractures. Hold on a second. Everyone's getting stress fractures. Cause why? So people haven't been going outside. Right, they've been stuck inside. So people have just been hanging indoors. You need vitamin D from the sun to have strong bones. People are going back out and starting to play tennis again, and there it goes. There goes your, uh, there goes one of your metatarsals. Come on, um, come on. Yep. So that's been a big one, and just people haven't been playing. A lot of tennis clubs have been closed, and so you got a bunch of people trying to get back into shape, and they just do too much too soon. Um, so I'd say plantar fasciitis, stress fractures. And a ton of ingrown toenails. Tennis players, basketball players get ingrown toenails like you wouldn't. Do they need to see a doctor for that? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they usually are infected or they got blood underneath of them or something. And part of the nail needs removed to kind of alleviate all that. So, yeah, that's, that's probably the top three things I'm seeing. A friend and colleague and, and uh, a question asker, Amy Lundy, wants to know she's getting Achilles pain and plantar fascia pain. Mm-hmm. And she she describes it because she's from from split step for, for taking that split step. Mm-hmm. Sounds to me like you know we're just kind of like easing into that age where you get injured. Um, is there a shoe or two or three that you can recommend to a club player? I don't know, maybe late thirties, forties, fifties. That I don't know, maybe address some of those issues, heel and Achilles issues. So. Um- there, I mean, there's, there's, there's no shoe that's going to fix like a chronic medical problem, but the best shoes out there for heel pain right now, number one far and away is the Nike GP turbo. Cause it's got this strobel board. It's got the air under the strobel board. Then it's got the zoom unit underneath that. Hang on. Explain that. Explain that doc. You got to remember not everyone on my show is an expert in that. So Nike has this thing where they have Max Air, which is like that visible air you see. That's the oldest one. And they have Zoom Air, which is the real thin air unit with the five in it that make it bounce. And then they have a strobel airbag. So what that means is basically they just inject air right under the shoe, and it's basically just like an air pillow. The GP2 has Zoom, and then it has an airbag on top of it. So there's a lot between you and the ground. There's a, this is a lot, lot of shock absorption. So, and that shoe has a really high heel counter, which means it goes really high up on your ankle. So it locks your foot in. So there's not a lot of movement in there. Mm-hmm. 
I actually saw that thread on Twitter you're talking about, mm-hmm. and someone was recommending the Asics Gel Resolution 8, which in my opinion is actually the worst shoe for heel pain out there because the heel counter is so low. If you have a higher arched foot, you'll actually slip out of that shoe and you get all these, you get this little slippage. So every time you split step, you go up and the shoe goes up and then it hits you in the heel and then you hit it. So for some people with flatter feet, it's a great shoe. But for most people, I'd say heel pain, GP Turbo, Caseless Ultra Shot 3, Adidas Soul Court Boost, Diodora Blue Shield 5, something like that. We love that Diodora Blue Shield 5. Has there been any interesting technology this year, maybe regarding, I don't know, orthotics or ankle braces? Um, nothing, you know, honestly, that, that's, that stuff is kind of, I don't know, I would say probably stuck in the early 2000s, late 90s. We really haven't changed technology since then, just because haven't really needed to. Um, orthotics right now, I mean, they're 3D printing orthotics right now, which honestly isn't that big of a, a leap they were doing before. Um, I know just me personally, I've just gotten better at making them because we're, we're starting to understand the demands of the athlete's foot more. So we're, we're, we're getting a lot more information from people. Um, in terms of bracing, you know, there's a lot out there now. And especially now with social media and where people can, add, you know, there's all these little companies out there that kind of have their own little niche with there. Um, I get contacted by brace companies and orthotic companies weekly wanting to send me their latest and greatest orthotic. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, they're a solution in search of a problem. So just, you know, to me, like the old ASO braces that, you know, Federer was wearing when he had ankle surgery or Roddick used to wear, they're still pretty much the gold standard for me. Um, nothing's really all that new uh, in terms of that stuff. Which is the top level brace? I know we talked about my last show, but let's want to go back over it. To me, the, the best brace out there you can buy over the counter is an ASO, ASO brace. The letter A, letter S, the letter O. Letter O, yep, ASO. That's the best, at least from my experience, that has been the most durable, most well-fitting brace. And they come in three levels. They come in like a just the standard, a, a, a little bit more of an enveloping strap, and then one that actually has plastic struts on it. Um, and in I've been out now 11 years from school, so in 11 years that's been by far my favorite. I've 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 never seen anything else that's as long. Like if you're gonna buy a brace for a long period of time, that's usually the one you want to buy. And the point of an ankle brace is to essentially make sure you don't twist your ankle. Um, yeah, there, there's a few different purposes. I, I mean, I think probably the most popular one is active mobilization. So that means active recovery after an ankle sprain. Uh, number two would be like active recovery after tendonitis or an Achilles issue or even plantar fasciitis, uh, things like that. So it's just anything that you need a lot of local compression and a lot of local, um, basically biofeedback, um, you, I see a lot of people that wear braces just to wear them, which is a terrible idea um, just because it it signals to your body that it does not need to interact. The brace is doing the work for you. So as soon as you take it off, you could be walking down the street, step off a curb the wrong way, 
the muscles in your ankle and the ligaments and the nerves in there aren't used to any biofeedback. And all of a sudden you twist your ankle because your body doesn't know what to do. So um, that's why you see a lot of the pros, as soon as they can get out of that brace, they're out of it because their own body should be take, you know, dealing with that itself. And the braces fit into the shoe okay and around the foot, or it's like uh, uncomfortable? It's not the most comfortable thing if you wear two pairs of socks that helps. Let me just tell you, Doc, I, I, I wear a Bauermeister just sleeve around my ankle. Mm-hmm. And even that I find to be, I put it over the sock. I don't put it under the sock. I put it over the sock because under the sock is like super uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I put it over the sock. And I find that pretty uncomfortable because you feel the brace to the bottom of the shoe. You know, you feel it to the floor. Yep. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, you can do, you can tape them down there. You can use athletic tape. A lot of people do that. They'll tape mm. them. A lot of people actually use wax and they'll like wax it so that it glides better. Mm. Um, but most people, when they're wearing braces, are also wearing two pairs of socks just to give themselves a little padding under there, or they're wearing like a sock, like a Thorlo. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of the, that's kind of the rub with those. Um, Pun intended. It's the rub. Like like, uh, the the one, the ones that are thinner are better. So what is turf toe? Turf toe is chronic jamming of the big toe joint. Uh, basically just causing an inflammation in the joint jamming in the joint, but it's, it's from the big toe, just banging into the shoe, uh, or loading it repeatedly over and over and over again there's actually several forms of turf toe i mean there's ones that the football players get the real football players get tennis players so um it, it's just it's crazy it ends up being chronic inflammation that big toe joint chronic inflammation and, and it just gets treated by rest and ibuprofen or what yeah usually rest yeah ibuprofen my go-to um, you can get specialized inserts for that. You can get little carbon plates that go under there that really help, mm-hmm. uh, orthotics that offload it really help. Mm-hmm. Uh, taping really, really helps. Uh, you can do like a ribbon. You may basically make a breast cancer ribbon around your toe and that kind of stops the, that little micro motion in the toe. That is probably the number one thing that I see done, um, is those ribbon tapings. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, what do you, and what kind of tape, sorry, what kind of tape is that doc? So you just use regular athletic tape, and mm. you you actually create a ribbon around the joint. So it looks like when you look down at your toe, it looks like there's a breast cancer ribbon around your big toe. Mm. You do like three of those, and that really stops all the motion in that joint, uh, or yeah, and it stops it from getting inflamed. That's typically what people are doing that I mm. tell them to do that works the best. A couple pro player issues that we saw this year: um, Wimbledon. The first week, there was a lot of players hitting the deck. The courts were almost too good. They were too slick. That's just derivative of the courts being a little moist and the grass being really nice, right? There's nothing can – I mean, we know that the players wear a shoe with stubs. Like It's a, like a little bit of a – So, Like a yeah. thimble, thimble-ish looking sole, uh, a grass court shoe. So it's, yeah, so no, so the, the number one reason is because when you're early in a tournament on grass and there's a lot of dew on the grass, it's just like you're skating on ice, right? So when your ice skate, you're, remember, ice isn't all that slick, right? When your ice skate contacts it, it melts this really thin layer, and then your blade glides on that layer of water. That's how an ice skate works. That's the same thing that happens with a tennis shoe 
on wet grass. So like on really dewy grass, that dew creates a layer between your shoe and the grass and you're basically ice skating on it. The next thing is, is in, on grass, back in the day, we used to serve in volley and you used to carve one path through the court. So there was dirt where you were running all the time. Now the people are playing an all court game, a literal all court game where some people are playing 20 feet behind the baseline. Some people are playing right on it. People are moving in different directions all the time. No part of the court is getting a ton of wear besides where you were to turn serve. So now the first, typically after the first day in like the 1978 Wimbledon, there would be a line going to the, to the net and it would be dirt. Now going into the fourth or fifth day of the tournament, there's still pristine grass. So it, it, it's, it, it's harder now to grip it. I'll bet you most players would probably rather have herringbone on their shoes. You're not allowed to wear it because it would just tear the grass up too much. But if it were me, I'd have a really wide shoe with really deep herringbone in it. That's, that's what I would use. I, I know like in Newport, you're not allowed to wear herringbone on their courts. Um, because it'll tear the grass that's much my dad and I tried so quite often at a grass court club the the grass court shoes aren't allowed because they tear the courts up too yeah 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 the, the nubs will tear it up too hmm? we saw it a lot at labor cup again and we've seen I saw it in San Diego the, the players are tearing their laces from mm-hmm. sliding um yep that's a new phenomenon ish ish yeah so you, there's there's a couple reasons. Number one, because people are sliding on the inside of their foot now. So if you look at Djokovic, I mean, his shoes are designed for him to literally run on the inside of his shoe because he's doing the split so much. Tsitsipas uh, is always burning through laces. That's why they came up with the Stycon, uh, that laceless shoe from Adidas. That was the original impetus for it. Um, Asics, the gel resolution eight, speaking of the shoe we talked before, actually has a flap under the tongue now where you can actually put your shoelaces under that tongue so they don't rip so that's really i mean mm. most come i mean honestly that that's a that's a pretty darn good invention um so that's cool you can use that number two um they make shoelaces with more of like a hard wax coating on the outside uh they basically make them for uh for like work boots, people that like work in like steel workers and things use those. I know a lot of players are starting to try to experiment with those too. Um, however, if you're sliding, if you if, if the if the sliding is that extreme where you're bending through the inside of your shoe, if there's laces exposed, sometimes there's not there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. You just got to get a new pair of laces. Yeah, I don't I think the majority of us will never have that problem. I've never had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, best shoe for flat feet? Best shoe for flat feet. Uh, Adidas Soulport Boost. Uh, Diodora Blue Shield 5. Nike GP Turbo. And why? Turbo because it has a giant plastic clip, or I'd say foam clip under the arms, the strobe air. Um, the Diodora Blue Shield 5 has a wicked under it. Um, it's just the, the Blue Shield 5 is a really stout shoe. Um, they really improved it from the 4. Um, so it's just it just has a, a ton of support under it. Um, and the Adidas Soulport Boost, it just has a giant plastic shank right under your arts. A lot of people actually get blisters from that shoe in their arts because there's so much arch support for it, uh, from it. So those are kind of, those are the three to me that stick out um, like really uh, a lot more than others. Best shoe that costs less than $100? Adidas Court Jam Bounce by a long shot. And that's a good shoe? Yeah, the uppers are a little 
they're not as supportive as some others, but the rest of the shoe is so good. The midsole and the outsole is phenomenal. So there, there's not a lot of good shoes right now for under hundred bucks. There used to be, and now it's um, it's it's getting tougher. But that's the one. That's the one you said. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. But by a by a long shot. One more time, Adidas Soul Jam. Court Jam Bounce. Sorry, Adidas, Adidas Court, Court, Jam. Court Jam Bounce. Mm-hmm. What color is that coming? It. <laughs> well, uh, it, there might be more stuck outside the port of Los Angeles, but right now I think it's just white and black. It comes in, and I think a blue and white. Got it. Um, I heard that A6 shoes are are hard to find right now. Can you speak to that? Do you know anything about that? I, I'm actually, there's a video about this coming up on my channel in a couple of days, but yeah, it's, so you got a behemoth like Nike or Adidas, right? They can shift resources to produce, to get their most popular shoes out versus some of the, you know, just lesser stuff. You get a company like Asics, which is an enormous company. It's just, it's just not at the level of Nike or Adidas. They run out of product and there's this huge supply chain shortage out there. It's just hard to get. You can't get Theodora shoes right now in the United States. You can't get Lotto shoes in the United States right now. Can't get them. It's re- you know, can't get them. Can't get anything. Can't get anything. You can get, you can get three colors of Nikes. You can get two Adidas shoes right now. You can, you can get the, the Ubersonic 4 and the, the – the, 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 I forget what I – was like. it's a new rod. I forget the, the name of it. But you two shoes. That's it. Um, and you got and you got to get the color that they tell you to do it's everywhere. It's it's just it's global supply chain shortages, um, and it's it is what it is. You know, yeah. Doc, tell me about the barricade. Do you chop? Do you chop that I, one up? Yeah, I mean, I I, sh- I should talk gently. I I I I I don't know, but like I'm acquaintances with one of the people that was on the design team. He kind of reached out to me about a year ago. Um, just the chat because like he's you know him and I are both interested in shoes um the the barricade to me is a little disappointing um they went for like a super slick futuristic kind of newer age type design and they and they and they uh and they they skirted quality they subbed out quality for the slickness huh I don't, you know, it's weird. It's, I don't know if quality is the right word because it's got, you know, it's got bounce, thank God, in it versus boost. The arch support in it is. Oh, let me me stop you. You just said it's got bounce instead of boost. Is boost no good for tennis shoes? Boost is great if you're a recreational player that does not want to get heel pain. Bounce is much better if you're someone that's looking to take that shoe to a Division I tournament. And those are materials, bounce and boost. Yeah. Yeah, boost is a plastic-based midsole foam. Bounce is a more just regular EVA type, like traditional shoe foam. Bounce was actually created with the same technology they used to inspect of the space shuttle. So that's how they come up with the densities and the elasticity of bounce foam. It, it's a much more advanced material than you think it is even though it's just a standard eva foam bounce also while it's new is just a much snappier shoe you get much sharper cuts from it you can push off a lot easier you just get a lot more responsiveness from it 
Whereas boost is the mo I would say boost is the most durable midsole foam out there. Like it'll last long after your tennis career has. Um, and it's very good for like an injury. Like if you have really bad pain or whatever type of pain, it really redistributes pressure. Well, not a great performance shoe. The barricades are not comfort based shoes. They're performance. And so for them to put bounce in there versus the other stuff, I think was a great idea. The, the outsole on them is phenomenal. It's gripping. It's really durable. The shank, which is the support system, the truss underneath of it, is just a beast. It, it really, I mean, like, they're, they're some of the best low-to-the-ground moving shoes out there. It's just the uppers are almost unwearable. You've got the, the lace lines going toward the outside of the shoe, which is fine. But the lace eyelets, where you tie the laces from, are elastic. So you, you can't get the shoe tight enough without mm-hmm. crushing your midfoot. So your, your toes are going numb. The shoe's too low. Like, you know, if you have any bit of a higher arch, the shoe's like bouncing. If you're somebody with a really narrow, flat foot, that's like the best shoe ever created. For yeah. everybody else, it's just, it's, it's a really tough shoe to play in. On running. Tell me about on running, please. So on is a Swiss. They had an idea that they could create a running shoe that gave you a lot more energy return per stride if created a really heck not hexagonal um they're they're not square they're i guess they're square pods and so the, the outsole is really thin it's just a big midsole with these big pods of air in them you can see the midsole so it, it emits a midsole made of this plastic substitute called pebex same thing the lacoste shoes are made from on running shoes are the best shoes you can buy if you run hills. So if you're looking to get up a hill faster, like if you're a racer and you're like, I got to get up this mountain, right? I'm racing up a hill. You want an on shoe because that thing will literally, that shoe will literally push you up the hill. And doc, they say that the hiking boots are great. Yeah, they're good. It depends on type because if you're somebody where the, the protrusion of your heel sits right on one of the, where those pods are, it's a really uncomfortable shoe. So you mm-hmm. have to have foot for them. They're not, they're definitely not for everybody. You definitely want to walk around in them first uh, because a lot of them can be very uncomfortable for certain people. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. Tell me about the tennis shoe. So the on Roger pro, which is their tennis shoe bears no resemblance whatsoever to their other shoes. It looks like it, it's like, it's like the redheaded step job. Um, it was designed by Roger and kind of their team from stem to stern. It looks like the old Nike Air Oscillate that Sampras used to wear, that Fetter used to wear, just kind of beefed up a little bit. It's not made for a recreational player or even an advanced player that's not, that, 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 would, that cannot replace their shoes very often. The rubber is not durable at all. The tread depth doesn't even scratch like two millimeters. So, I mean, there's nothing between you and the ground. It's made to be worn for two weeks and then to be thrown away. They're just, they're not dirt. They, and, and that's what On designed them for. If you look at their website, it, it says these are not meant for a long-term durability. They're meant to be the most performance-driven shoe for two weeks. And, and that's really it. When I played in them, the first two hours I played in them, they were the best tennis shoe I ever played in. 
I mean, it was, it was like, it was like having a Formula One tire under your foot. It was so gripping. Plus they're made to Roger's foot. So even the ones that they have for sale, the limited release they did, that's Roger's foot they're made from. So they're really wide. They're really, they're really expandable. Like they fit it. Like they fit great. And the uppers are really comfortable. They're made of great materials. It's just, if you're going to buy them, buy them because you want to buy a Roger's shoe, not because you're going to buy them. And they're not, they're not going to last you four months. I mean, they won't last you a month. So not durable whatsoever. No, you mentioned the, you mentioned the Lacoste shoe, the Medvedev shoe. What's the story with that shoe? Yeah, they're okay. It's a good clay shoe. There's not a lot of, there's a ton of support. I shouldn't say there's not a lot of support. There's a ton of support underneath of it. The foam is hard. It's very unforgiving. Um, so that's, it, it's a very unforgiving. They look great. The support's there. The outsole is there. The outsole is really good. If you're using them on a, if you're, if you're using them for clay, I, they do a lot better than on hard. Anything interesting coming out of Babalat? I just played in the Jet Mach 3s, which were a huge step up from the Jet Mach 2s. And a, I mean, a, a quantum leap forward. Um, they stopped using Kevlar uh, and they started using a little bit more of a um, forgiving material in the us. Um, I, I would say uh, them and the GP Turbos and the Lecoq Sportifs are the most comfortable shoes on the market right now. Lecoq Sportif. Mm -hmm. So the only one wearing that's Gasquet, or there's a couple players. So the only one I know of right now is Gasquet, and he's not even playing in the the LCS T01. He's playing in a reverse engineered Asics, I think Gel Resolution Six or something that okay. Lecoq Sportif made him. So he's not even playing in their shoe. I think just because old habits, like with him, like you can tell. He plays the really old racket. He's still using the the one-hander grip. So it's nothing to do with the shoe because the shoe is phenomenal. The LCS is, I mean, is a masterpiece of a tennis shoe. So I, I, it has nothing to do with quality. So. You mentioned um, in one of your last uh, videos that Diodora and Lotto are both the cream of the crop. Do you talk a little about uh, Lotto first? Yeah. So um, I... Lotto was the first tennis shoe company to ever contact me to test shoes. And they sent me the Raptor. It was like about eight months before it released. They sent me that Raptor. Then they sent me the Mirage. And does Berrettini wear that? Berrettini wears the uh, Mirage, yeah. And um, when I got them, I said to myself, I'm going to be more harsh on these shoes than any other because I don't want people to think I'm a shill for a company. And I'm not going to swear, but SOB, those were the best two shoes I ever played in. And so, like, I, I, was, I was trying to find things I didn't like in them, and it's hard to because they're made really well. The Lotto Mirage, one that Berrettini plays in, um, the only bad thing about it is the foam is really dense. It's not a comfortable shoe, but it is the fastest shoe out there. It has the best tread. It has the best responsiveness. It is just a lightning quick. And I've had people in my community send me messages saying, I can't get over how fast I feel in these shoes. I just can't wear them because I have heel pain that they're too uncomfortable. 
the Raptors was kind of the answer to that. So it's the Lotto Raptor Hyper Pulse 100. That's their new shoe. And that has like three layers of foam in it. So it's ridiculously comfortable. The uppers are made more molded. So like they, they fit, they, they almost kind of give you like a suction cup fit around your foot. The bad part about the Raptors is they're $220 US. Oh, come on. And you have to buy, and you have to buy it from their website because they're not selling to US retailers right now. So it's, I mean, it's one of the best shoes out there. And I think on my top five list, it was number two. And the only reason I made it number two is because you can't get the thing and it's 220 bucks. I mean, I'm not, me personally, I don't care how good a shoe is. I'm not personally spending $220 on it. So even though it is, I think, the best engineered shoe out there by a country mile, you better be willing to, to, to put down some, some hard you know, cashola on it. The price points, the price points, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Versus others. Diodoro, I, I I turned you on to Diodoro. We that was really the yeah. impetus for one of the. Like we have like a nice. We, we wanted to cut into a shoe special for the first show we did, and I told you I was playing with the Diodoro, and you cut into that shoe. You loved it, but uh, tell me about Diodoro right now. So when when we did our first podcast together. It was the Diodora Blue Shield 4s, you said. You were playing in the 4s. I said, all right, I'll give them a try. I hadn't played in Diodora for a while. And the 4s were great. They were some of the most comfortable shoes I'd played in. The performance was okay. It wasn't great. And then, like, a month after we did the podcast, they came out with the 5s. And those things were, I, I mean, they are everything you want in a tennis shoe. They're durable. They're not super heavy, but they have the all the trappings of a super heavy shoe like the soul court boost the gp turbo um they cut exceptionally well they have a really wide base on them so it's hard to roll they're ridiculously comfortable they don't have a lot of break in the materials are nice they look nice you know they're they're, they're just you know and the tweaks that diodora made from the fours to the fives were not big ones like they were really small but they made them in the right areas same thing with from the solution speeds to the solution speed ff the, the original a6 solution speed one of the worst shoes i ever tested the solution speed ff is one of the best and just these really small tweaks like the adora put in the fives versus the fours it took it a really nice comfortable shoe to the best shoe that i did in 2021 you know, I want to do something special for the show. You know, there's one player who's head to toe in Wilson. Wilson's got one player that's that 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 and that that player is Hugo Ambert, the Frenchman. It's an unusual thing to see a Frenchman in Wilson with the racket, with the clothes, with the shoes, with the sock. Uh, what what? Tell me about the the Hugo Ambert Wilson shoe. Yes, yeah, so he's playing in the Rush Pro 3.5. Wilson's basically been making the same shoe for quite a long time. They just kind of tweak it a little bit at Rush Pro. The Rush Pro is, is a good workhorse shoe. The rubber on them is incredibly hard. So they'll last you a very long time. Uh, and it has a durability guarantee on them too. They're, the Rush Pros are outstanding for anybody that's worried about spraining their midfoot, like getting a foot sprain, because the, uh, the support on them is is probably the best out there in terms of midfoot support they're unforgiving shoes so if you've got heel pain or ball of foot pain 
don't expect a, pl- a very plush shoe. Um, and, and they're, they're kind of basic, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's not that you're not going to get like, they don't look fancy. Like you're not going to like, they're not a head turner, like the Ford FF2 or, you know, the, the vapor cage fours or any of the, the more, um, the more like trapping shoes out there, but they're more of a work. You'll see a ton of teaching pros in them just cause they last forever. Um, right. That's so, always been yeah, like I, the teaching pro special. Right. And, and the 3.5s that the new cosmetic update, they made the uppers a little more plush. Um, you know, they're just a little nicer to wear. They look a little bit more streamlined and slick. Um, but I think there's a reason you don't see a ton of pro, ton of pros playing in Wilson rackets, not a ton playing in the shoe. It, like I said, it, it's, it's just a little bit of an unforgiving shoe. If you've had, if you have pain already, um, if people are playing in Wilson shoes, I usually always tell them to put an orthotic in it or just some sort of in, just to put something between you and that midsole foam, just because it is a little bit um, unforgiving. Amen. Uh, so that's 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 my kind of opinion about that. As I've said, it's a very neat thing for me to, you know, just have such a nice opportunity to talk to a a doctor who shares a love of the sport that I, I I work in and I live in, but I do, I appreciate your forthcoming with all your information and stuff. Usually you got to have some kind of HMO or PPO program to get this kind of information. So it's nice to just be able to <laughs> press play on, uh, on the podcast. How do all the people find you? What is your number? Like, how do they get to you now um, yeah. uh, in terms of the stuff you're doing on, on your social media? I'm most active on YouTube. That's that, on YouTube, I'm Foot Doctor Zach. Um, if you just type in Foot Doctor, I, me and and one other person come up. That's it. So but it's Foot Doctor Zach. Foot Doctor Zach on YouTube. Yeah, and then I'm Foot Doctor Zach on TikTok. Um, that's where I'm second most active. I don't do a ton on Instagram uh, anymore, and uh, I'm basically only on there to watch your stories on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I'm on and I'm on Twitter at Tennis Pro Doc, but I I usually am only on Twitter to to lurk on uh, arguments that are going on. So to see what other people are doing. So Foot Doctor Zach at YouTube and TikTok for all the teeny boppers out there with the TikTok. Um, <laughs> now what ha- now what happens to you for the rest of the year? Are you gonna like do you do you, you gonna keep your eye on shoes coming out in advance of the holidays or what? Like what's the story with you? Well, man, I'll tell you what, there's a dry spell going on right now with new tennis, not much coming out. Okay. Um, I've actually started doing a lot more basketball shoes recently, and that's been a ton of fun because I suck at basketball. <laughs> so it's been giving me a lot more to kind of do and to kind of figure out. And it's a new challenge. So I've been trying to mow my way all the hoop shoes now, which has been a ton of fun. And I've been doing now videos about pro injuries. So that's kind of like where my mind's at. Like I did a Federer video on his knee surgery, the Rafa video. I did a video on Nick Kyrgios and his patellar tendon. Mm. Um, and that's actually been a lot of fun for me because I can, those videos are easy for, easy for me to do. I just press record and I just start talking like I'm talking to a patient. Mm. Um, and that's been a ton of fun. And I, I'm going to be doing a lot more about the supply chain shortages and trying to help people find shoes just because it's really hard to find a shoe right now and um yeah that's gonna be about it i'm going to indian wells though in the springs so if anybody's going there uh i'll buy you a beer 
You'll be at you'll be there in March. So so we'll see each other in person one day. It'll be it sounds like it'll be in March. But listen, uh, enjoy the the back end of the year. Enjoy the holidays. Thank you again for you know just all the great information that you you give to the people. Uh, Dr. Zach Thomas, you are released. Huge thank you to Dr. Thomas. Thank you to Sergio Tacchini. See them at SergioTacchini.com and use my code SHAP30 in all caps at checkout to receive 30% off of your order. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released.